If you were to invite a friend to your home for dinner, how would you prepare for it? What would you do to make your home dinner event ready? Perhaps you'd begin by making sure that your home is tidy and free of clutter. An easy task for some, perhaps. If you happen to have little children residing in your home, then successfully decluttering the house may well be a project doomed for failure, a tragic exercise in futility. What else might you do to prepare? Perhaps a little cleaning, sweep the floors, wipe down the countertops, make sure the bathroom has all of the necessary items. And then, of course, there is the meal itself, right? You pick a dish that you know that your guest would like, keeping in mind uh, food preferences and allergies and dietary restrictions and the like and you get to work in the kitchen. And let's not forget that if you want to enjoy a meal, you will have to set the table. So you arrange utensils and plates and such as your meal requires. Finally, if you have some time to spare before your guest's arrival, you might think to light a few candles around the house. Maybe turn on a bit of music in order to set the mood. A rather lovely scenario, like a scene out of a Hallmark Channel movie. But what if it didn't turn out that way? What if someone just came to your house for dinner and showed up unannounced? Just arrived on your doorstep one evening at 6 p.m., hungry and looking to join you for a meal? There's no time to prepare. I mean, maybe the house is a complete disaster, and there are clothes and toys and children's books strewn all over the floor, and crayon writing all over the wall, and the worst part is that there isn't enough food, because you weren't counting on a guest for dinner. It's the stuff that nightmares are made of, one from which we might awake with a cold sweat. A visitor arrives, and plans to be with us, but we weren't ready. We weren't prepared. I mean, what kind of person would do that kind of thing anyway? What would you say to such a guest? Can you call before you come next time? Would we tell our strange visitor to go away? Or would we open up the door and invite them to come in? In the Bible, in story after story, we see that God has a way of showing up unannounced. God is the dinner guest that we were not expecting and would really just appreciate it if you could give us more advance notice next time. Thank you very much. God interrupts the familiar pattern of events and turns impossibilities into realities. That's what we find going on in today's gospel story, the story of Jesus' birth through the eyes of his father, Joseph. Last week we heard about the song of Mary, but today we glimpse the dream of Joseph and the message of the angelic visitor who comes to him in the night and who says that his son was to be a savior.
Joseph was a sensible man. And like sensible men, his plan was to take the appropriate course of action when he discovers that his fiancée is pregnant with someone else's baby. It's clear that his decision is the right one. And then, all of a sudden, God shows up unannounced, and Joseph's world is interrupted. It's not his child, but it is his child, and he will raise him up and give him the name that is above every name, because a Savior has come, for God is with us, and so the name of the child shall be Jesus. Mary was given the choice to say yes to God, and so was Joseph. And his choice was every much a miracle, as hers was. The doctrine of the virgin birth is a favorite target of those who are quick to assert their unbelief in miracles. Sometimes this comes with a whiff of pride, as if mature faith requires one to file the virgin birth away in the same drawer that we filed Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy long ago. I happen to disagree, and so here's a hot take on the virgin birth for you. If the Spirit of God creates the universe out of nothing, then the Spirit of God can bring forth a child from a virgin's womb. I mean, if God is able to create everything that is out of nothing, then virgin births, a piece of cake. That's not the only miracle that's happening here, though. There's another one that's maybe even harder to swallow. Joseph actually goes along with the plan. I mean, can you think of anyone else who, having learned this news and dreamed this dream, would consent to it? I can't. What sort of person would willingly suffer the humiliation that he would surely undergo in his community, becoming something of a laughingstock? No person that I know of would do that. Joseph is a person whose life is uniquely open to God's spirit. He turns down the chance to smear Mary's name to save face and elevate himself in the public eye. And he embraces Mary's child as his own. And if that's not a miracle, I don't know what is. In our collect of the day, we asked that God would purify our conscience by his daily visitation so that when Jesus comes, he would find in us a mansion prepared for himself. In other words, what we were praying for was to be inconvenienced, praying for God to interrupt our lives by showing up and creating something where formerly there was nothing. That's what God did in Joseph's life. It's what God can do in ours. This time of year, when we're right on the cusp of Christmas and we hear the Christmas story, and we hear that there was no room in the inn, Jesus is still asking us, 
Is there room in the inn? Have you prepared a place for me when I show up unannounced? There was room in Mary's heart, and she conceived a son. There was room in Joseph's heart, and he raised a savior. There may not have been room in the inn on the night that Jesus was born, but there was a mansion prepared for him in the hearts of his parents. Christ is coming and is asking us if he is welcome. Have we prepared a place for him? Is there room at the inn? Or is the house already all filled up? with our pride and our ego, with, with our wish for people to speak well of us, with our desire to be well-liked, with our prejudices and biases, with our hatred and fear of those who differ from us, or with some other clutter that's taking up all the space. In this Advent season, on this fourth Sunday of Advent, we have to be asking ourselves the question, is there room in the inn? And if not, what's got to go so that Christ can make a home in us? So that Jesus may find in us a mansion prepared for himself. As the ever-blessed Virgin Mary welcomed the life of God into her own body, and as blessed Saint Joseph the worker welcomed the life of God into his home, so too may we make a place for the Spirit, a home for the presence of Christ, the Son of God. May the grace and peace of God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ flood into our hearts so that we would fling the doors of our hearts open wide when our world is interrupted, so that our souls would magnify the Lord, so that our spirits would rejoice in God, who is our Savior. Amen.